Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other CryptoCurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. What's going on, everybody? For CryptoCurrent, I'm Stephen Miller, and you're watching CryptoCurrent Live. Here's my co-host, Richard Carthon, and we're here today to walk you through the same old stuff that we do every week on CryptoCurrent Live, take you through a little bit of the news with a buy, sell, or hodl section. We're going to break down a really interesting topic in the world of crypto right now in Crypto Decrypted. And last but not least, we're going to take you through Blockchain Bets, a segment where we like to just give you a couple of our quick picks for the week, and we're just going to dive right in. So for this week's buy, seller hodl, folks, it's going to be a little bit different. We're aiming to get through a, a few more articles this week than normal. Um, so please just be patient with us. Um, we're just going to kind of rip through them and give you our take on whether or not we're going to buy it, sell it, or hodl it. Um, but Richard, I'm going to hand it over to you real quick um, before we jump in. Um, how are things going with you? What do you think of the market? The market right now, compared to a week ago, I mean, you got Bitcoin hitting all the new... Well, going back to 47,000, Ethereum getting back to around 35. And it's looking like a lot of money starting to flow back into the main coins and away from alts. But going into our main discussion later, I'm going to explain, or we're going to explain why um, we could start seeing things start to move in the opposite direction. So I think it's exciting times right now in the world of crypto. What about you? Awesome. Yeah, no, look, I'm feeling the same way. I think that honestly, right now, we're seeing the last dip before we actually go on a run here. Um, that's kind of the vibe I'm picking up. But um, a lot of the TA is suggesting that we could see a little bit more of a downside in, in like the short term. But I think that's strictly because we're going to see Bitcoin start to run here, um, which is exciting to me. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and move some things forward. I'm going to pull up my screen and we're going to dive right in to the show. So what do you say we jump right into the main topic? Because again, there's a lot that's driving into altcoin season right now and the idea of Bitcoin heading back to all-time highs. Um, so this week, we've also got segmentation. So for you guys um, that are joining us for the first time, you're going to experience a little bit of a different show because now we've actually got our music working. So for yeah. our first segment, we're headed into buy, sell, or hodl. Buy, buy sell, sell, or hodl, hodl. Yes. So let's jump into this first one. The very first segment that we've got for you this week has to touch on Algorand. Um, Richard, just for like the folks at home, tell us a little bit about Algorand before we dive into what this is. Because again, I think that we've had Algorand, Algorand on in the past and they're a little bit familiar with our audience. Yep. So Algorand, they're smart contracts on a carbon negative chain. Uh, the goal is to open the door to DeFi and NFTs on to the platform. And with Algorand, it's been around... Uh, came on Coinbase about a year ago was when it first came into my radar and I was explaining to people how big of a deal this was. We actually explained about a week ago all the exciting news that they have going on because they're starting to make some really strategic partnerships and they're trying to provide a lot of different blockchains out there to be able to bring DeFi to their different protocols. So a super, super cool project. And other chains are beginning to uh, bridge to Algorand because of that because they're being very interoperable. They're uh, providing, providing ways that multiple... Uh, chains can be run on um, Algorand. Yeah. So basically with this news, guys, you've heard of Ethereum's EVM, the Ethereum virtual machine. That's what allows them to run those smart contracts and allow for, for all these different dApps to inter-network. In this case, Algorand just launched their virtual machine and that's what's enabling DeFi and NFTs on this network. So hopefully we're going to see a lot more interoperability to, to Richard's point. Richard, do you buy this, sell it, or hodl it? Buy. Algorand is a, I think it's a great long-term play and um, it's, yeah, just buy. 
Yeah. And I would happen to agree with you. I think that we're going to see all the L1s start to move here in the next couple of weeks. And that's just going to be what follows the Bitcoin run. So I think we're going to probably see that happen shortly. But let's move on to our next piece. Next up is this really awesome uh, piece with Coinbase, who's just announced today in a matter of almost breaking news that they are launching their own NFT marketplace. So Richard, break down for us a little bit of what we know. All right, so Coinbase are going to propose a gasless person-to-person NFT platform. Uh, they're going to be able, users are going to be able to create, buy, and sell NFTs from person to person or peer to peer. They're going to directly compete with OpenSea and FTX. If you look at OpenSea right now, it's the biggest uh, player in the game. Another one um, out there is like Rarible and some others. Uh, but OpenSea saw two point. 2.8 billion transactions last month. Let's say that one more time. 2.8 billion transactions last month. Coinbase has the easiest on-ramp into uh, the US and a bunch of other places right now. So this could be a huge, huge piece of news for competition for OpenSea. Absolutely. And one of the things to me that stands out about this news that I was reading into was the fact that we are not just going to see Ethereum NFTs on this platform. They're saying within very short order after they launch this platform, you're going to see other platforms, NFTs in the same exact ecosystem. So being able to purchase, um, hold and sell peer to peer, it's a really big deal to me. So are you buying more NFTs on this? Are you selling? Or are you hodling the NFTs you got? Oh, I'm buying the crap out of this. The main reason is because if you think about OpenSea in a lot of ways, there's an initial onboarding because most people like go to a place like Coinbase, they buy Ethereum, then they send it to a MetaMask and they go to OpenSea and then they do everything else from there. You're telling me I only have to go one place and then I can also go to multiple chains all in one area? I'm buying that. There's been a lot of complaints lately with OpenSea. So to me, I see any next player jumping into the NFT uh, marketplacing business as a big time buy for NFTs, it's only going to get easier for people to buy in. So let's move into this next piece. This one's really interesting to me because a lot of people are getting super hyped on this news about Google partnering with Bact to basically bring crypto to consumers. Um, their entire plan is basically for Bact to start being a payment gateway of sorts for Google Pay users, and essentially. When you read deeper into this article, yes, it's a clear indicator of commercial interest. Obviously, Google is actually you know, investing time, effort, resources into crypto and their future plans with blockchain. However, if you really dig into the detail here, this is going to require crypto users to actually convert their uh, crypto to fiat via backed so that they can transact through platforms. Essentially, Google Pay users you're not going to be able to transact in Bitcoin anytime soon. Um, That's what I get out of this. But again, plenty of other influencers that we've had on the show and we've also interacted in the past are reporting this incorrectly. You will not be able to transact in Bitcoin um, via this backed partnership with Google. So despite all this, with Google's commercial interest in Bitcoin, Richard, do you think this is going to move the market or do you think that we're just going to be kind of in a holding pattern? We just need to see it develop. I'm going to say it's going to be a hodl. So people got really excited when you thought about like when PayPal first came out and even thinking about like Robinhood. Most users, when they bought Dogecoin, thought that they owned the Dogecoin, uh, but not your wallet. It's not yours. So it's kind of the same thing where Google's like first dipping their toe into it without like fully giving ownership to the consumers and who are, are buying it. So for me, this is a hodl play. How about you? Yeah, I would have to agree. I think it has to be a hot play because more than anything, it's not like it's a FUD piece, right? Like this is meant to be a positive news piece for Bitcoin. However, it's not going to be something that actually moves the market because we're not seeing any ability to move further capital into Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, I, I would have to agree. I think you have to hodl on this. But let's move into the next piece. This is a really interesting one to me. So Richard, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Stellar right now. All right, so Stellar, um, MoneyGram tapped into Stellar for USDC settlements. So essentially what that means is that Stellar is going to be able to do a cross-border payment rail, which is a really interesting way to say that they're going to be able to go across blockchains to be able to consolidate and and get their money into one central place. Uh, MoneyGram is going to serve nearly 150 million people globally, and that's going to continue to expand. So they're going to have an international rollout and it's slated for 2022. Stellar has been a sleeping giant. I think Stellar has a huge opportunity to be something massive. Um, 
it's just been looking for the right marketing place, been looking for that first like big moment. And I think this is potentially it. So for me, that alone, I've been waiting for that big moment to come and this is it in my opinion. So this is a, a, a buy for me. But what do you see in this? I see something really interesting happen because if you dig a little bit of a layer deeper into this one, Richard, and I don't, I don't think that you know this. Um, basically, back in 2019, Ripple had a partnership set up with MoneyGram. And if you know anything about the way that Stellar and Ripple works, Stellar is kind of like the little brother or cousin to Ripple. The entire relationship between MoneyGram and Ripple completely fell out when the SEC case opened up. And it started to create this kind of new road where they could actually connect with a new blockchain. So IBM stepped in and they started giving a new blockchain um, uh, backup to MoneyGram. Well, it turns out through some different insider issues, that fell apart. And now Stellar just kind of slides in under the, under the door. Um, I think it's really, really interesting, especially because Stellar is doing as much as they are with different nations in terms of you know, creating cross-border payments. But this to me is a big buy for Stellar. And I would be very, very surprised if it does not start seeing some actual significant like multiple movement shortly. What do you make of it right now? Because um, I don't, I don't believe I actually got a chance to hear from you. Are you buying on this? Or are you, are you hodling? Because I doubt. Um, definitely, definitely buying this for for me. This is a buy, and just stellar in general for me is a hodl. But like this news is is buy for me. But what about you? Um, again, I'm I'm definitely buying on this. There's no way in, in the world that you sell on this news. Um, it's it, this is the first material news that we've seen from Stellar in a minute. So yeah. let's let's carry this thing forward. This to me is one of my favorite pieces that we're covering this week. Um, for those that don't know, back a couple weeks on our Aftershock Friday special that Chris and I run, we covered a project in Two Bulls One Coin where we were trying to determine whether or not. The spell token and MIM, which stands for Magic Internet Money, was a shitcoin or not? Well, come to find out, over the course of the last two and a half weeks, the spell token has gone from 0.0035 um, USD up to 0.017. That is a complete 5x. Why? Well, it turns out that Abracadabra Finance and Abracadabra Money is completely legit. Abracadabra, for those that don't know, is a collateralized lending platform. And essentially what has happened with them is they've become a sleeping giant and they're led by one of the best voices in DeFi right now. All of that, we were not totally aware of when Chris went into that two bulls, one coin section. But that being said, at the end of that two bulls, one coin, we did come to the conclusion that this is not a shitcoin. This is by no means a shitcoin. However, the interesting thing that comes out of this is everything that you like see on this has meme value. But this thing is not trading like a meme coin. This is trading straight away DeFi and allowing for um, a lot more of an interoperable money play of converting from USDC and even you know USDT and true USD over to a new stablecoin in Magic Internet Money. Um, what I found super interesting is just yesterday, based on some news with them officially launching on FTX, the spell token is now over a billion dollar market cap, popping it into the top 100 um, coins in terms of market cap. And then also Magic Internet Money just topped True USD for the sixth rank in terms of stable coins. That is ridiculous. So, Richard, it, yes, it's been on an absolute you know pump through the last three or four weeks. My question to you is this, do you still buy or are you telling me that on all of this, that it would be a seller or a hodl? Man, for me, it, it depends. If, when did I get in? Because if I'm getting in, if I'm one of the first people that got in, I'm selling this because it's, it's time to take some profits. But if it's a brand, like this is the first time it's being revealed to me. Um, I knew just from y'all having this conversation the other day, but getting this news, it sounds like a hodl play because if if it's on the way up, it's starting to get more momentum. It's already... It's 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 MemCoin is already the sixth rank and it's having collateralized lending, which again, you you have collateral, you have true use case. That means a lot of the market cap that's there is going to be locked up and not flowing in and out of uh, that area. It could keep growing. So again, for me, this is a hodl play. But what, what about you? I happen to agree. I think that right now, this is an absolute hodl. But to your point, you need to be taking profits if you've been in spell token. 
Um, when I look at what this pro- what this project is doing and all the unique things that the team behind it is doing, you have to do your own research. That to me is the biggest message here. You cannot jump into something like this and just assume that you're going to be safe or that it's going to you know all pan out for the better. Take some profits, but continue to to research. That's what I've got for it. Um, well, look, I think that we may have one last piece, but let's just check real quick. Nope, we're going to dive right into. Um, our next segment. So as you all already know, actually, before we get before we get there, let me just go ahead and say, if you appreciated th- these new segments, liked what we had to do, um, had had brought you in by Seller Hoddle this week, because I can't talk. Let us know. Make sure you like the video. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think of what we're doing right now within Buy, Seller Hoddle. But also, if you're not subscribed yet, please do us that f- quick favor press the button, subscribe to the show. We'd really appreciate it if you can come back and join us every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern for another Cryptocurrent Live. So I think we're going to move right into our next segment, which if you're a fan of the show, it's something that we take a lot of pride in doing around here. It is our education-focused segment called Crypto Decrypted. Crypto Decrypted. So Richard, what are we talking about on Crypto Decrypted this week? Well, the first thing is that our music sounds great. I don't know if y'all are excited as I am, but man, I'm, I'm super pumped for all these great cutscenes. Great job, Steve. But what we're talking about this week, alt season, altcoin season. We talk about it every once in a while. You probably have heard it out there in the ecosystem, but what does that even mean? Are we in it? Are we out of it? What's on the way? How do you know if it's coming? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We want to break all of that down for you today because a lot of people talk about this, but they don't necessarily break it down. And so we want to spend some time breaking each of these elements of alt season down for you. Perfect. And so on the very basic level, altcoin season is when all of these altcoins start to run after Bitcoin has kind of run its own way out. That is the most concise way that I can make sense of it for you. But I think that what we need to dig into a little bit deeper is how you can take advantage of the knowledge that exists out there around altcoin investing. Again, nothing that you hear on this show is investment advice. We are simply your crypto commentators and your financial speculators. But we do know a good degree when it comes to being able to educate on some of these topics. So the first thing that we're going to move into right now actually happens to come from a really, really great source in the, in the world of crypto Twitter. His, he goes by Secrets of Crypto. So we're going to take a look at a couple things that Secrets of Crypto brings up that I think that everybody can benefit from. The big thing is when alt season. What you have to consider at the very you know, beginning of this is how does money flow work in the world of crypto? So Richard, walk us through real quick how money actually tends to move when we're in a bull cycle. All right. So we've been experienced one for um, almost a year, which is wild to think about. The last one started around October going into November. So um, this has been quite the bull cycle. Now there has been you know, ups and downs in it. And one could even argue that we've experienced a bull uh, or a bear uh, market between April and let's call it August. But... We're just going to say that all of it's been a bull cycle. So phase one, Bitcoin, uh, the flow of money is going to move into Bitcoin, causing prices to surge, which we have seen. Again, we got Bitcoin at about almost, what, $12,000 about a year ago, and we see it flourish all the way up to breaking past all-time highs by the end of the year, over 20000 starting the new year around 30000 So as the money keeps flowing into that, is it also going into other places like Ethereum? Um, and Ethereum is usually your first entryway into alts. And if you look at something else that's important is what does Bitcoin dominance look like as money is flowing into the market? So historically, again, Bitcoin dominance is somewhere between 75% and 60%. But what we've seen as a divergence has started to happen is that Ethereum dominance has been increasing, Bitcoin dominance has been decreasing, and more money has been flowing into the greater uh, crypto market cap. So phase two, we're looking at Ethereum. Ethereum has gone on a tear. If you got into Ethereum about a year ago, I believe you were still be able to get it for somewhere between like 500, 800 bucks. You need to be able to pull that up. And then where is it now? It's up to almost $4,000. You almost saw 
let's let's say it was at 500, you almost saw a 10x because it got up to 4,000. So it was about an 8x, right? In a matter of a year. And if you look at Bitcoin at the same time a year ago, again, if it was at 20,000, it's kind of up to 60, that's a 3x. So obviously Ethereum's outpacing Bitcoin. So something else to be paying attention to. And if you look at the other large caps, they all greatly appreciate it. You, you have something like Cardano, who's kind of been a sleeping giant, who at one point a year ago, you could have got for somewhere between 20 and 40 cents, and now it's worth $2. That right there is another 10x. So when you're looking at alt season, it's yes, Bitcoin is pumping and it's doing all these great things and everyone's paying attention to that. But what are these other alts doing? Ethereum's usually leading the way. And if you look at the other large market caps, you then enter alt season where everyone's flourishing. You get things like a Solana that hasn't been around that long and is now up over 100x. You have things, uh, other alts out here that have entered the market and people are starting to know about them. Like um, uh, people are starting to recognize like uh, Polkadot and Cosmos and some of these others. So that is kind of the flow into, of, of money through the market and, and how it starts to flourish into the rest of the markets. Because the main thing that you have to realize with this is when we're in alt season, the alts are greatly outpacing the return of in value, the ROI, return on investment than Bitcoin. And you're dead on. The one thing that I would encourage people to also recognize this cycle different than others is that this is a simplified look at how money flow actually works when we're looking at the path to alt season. Essentially, what I'm getting at here is that when you see Bitcoin go on a run, all the time, you will see Ethereum and large caps follow. Same thing with the alts. However, now that we're in a more complex market and we see other L1s emerging like Avalanche, Solana, Algorand, Cardano, all of these new platforms are going to have a similar reaction. When Ethereum runs, all of the, all the projects in that ecosystem are going to follow it. When you have Algorand or any of these other L1s that I just mentioned start to run, look for the, pla- the different dApps that are running on their ecosystems to follow. Quick question. Yeah. What is L1, Steve? Tell the people. L1. L1 is your layer one solution. So basically the very base layer of a specific blockchain. So in the case of the Ethereum blockchain, Ethereum is that first layer. All these other dApps come along and they build on top of the layer. So you've heard about um, Polygonmatic on this channel a number of different times. Polygonmatic is considered a layer two solution. Now, again, you start to see people build on top of Polygonmatic. What does that mean? then you have a layer three solution. So essentially, you need these foundational layers, but for them to be efficient is why you're starting to see competition in the market. Because right now, Solana, Avalanche, Cardano, they are outpacing Ethereum in terms of overall efficiency. Now, we should be seeing that start to actually go to the wayside once Ethereum 2.0 rolls out. But... For right now, that's why it's starting to be this way. And I know where you're headed. That is if, a big <laughs> if. So when you're looking at it, I would be thinking about that. I'd be saying, okay, this L1 is starting to move. What follows it? What are the large caps on that platform? Then we're talking about the large cap coins, everything within the top 50, in my opinion. But that also includes things like Chainlink, which is interoperable. It plugs in to every single L1 and provides data. So it's really important to understand the way that money flow works. Now, Richard, this is the piece that I want to get into. And I really think people are going to be able to find a lot of value in. And it's the actual progression of a pump. So essentially, when you're watching capital move through these markets, what what do you think of when you start thinking about the pump? How is it going to move from beginning to end? So prime examples, you're going to look at usually your top, top three to five cryptos. You're going to look at Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, right now I guess it's Cardano. Um, and then I think ticking up there right now is Solana. So when they're starting to go up and they're starting to appreciate, that is when people start paying attention again. So like even looking at the news, Bitcoin is over 50. Now you got you know all these major news outlets talking about how crypto's going to the moon and everything's good and, and no doom and gloom. But back when it was at 48 and went down to 40, it was doom and gloom. It's the end of the world. It's going back down to 30. It's all about what's going on and what is the market perception. So right now, even though um, alts have not necessarily been pumping nearly as much and you've seen a lot more 
um, progress as it relates to Bitcoin price, um, that's, that's what I would consider the start. Um, people are starting to pay attention. People are getting excited again. People are waiting for a moment so that they can throw more money and watch it go up. So now we're at the middle. So let's look at what the middle looks like. So I want to go back to like March. So if you go back in time to March, you had Bitcoin that got past you no know, all-time highs again. It went from 30, then it went to 40, then it got up to like 47, 48. And you saw um, Ethereum really starting to uh, click up, getting over to like 1200 bucks, getting to 1500 bucks, starting to get close to two, starting to go on its next tear. And then you saw um, a ton of money start to flow in because of NFTs, right? So that's when in the new and all the NFTs started coming in, people paying more attention. Everyone was starting to hit <laughs> me and you up and other people about what is an NFT? How do I make these things? You, you start to get like more and more buzz. So, so now people are throwing more and more money at this and they're like, oh, well, what about all these other cryptos that you know, aren't as expensive as a $4,800, Bitcoin and a $2,000 Ethereum. Oh, this Cardano thing looks cool. I've heard of that before. It's only worth 75 cents. Maybe I should get that one, right? But then as you start to get to the end, and now this is um, early April before it fell off a cliff, um, you have all-time highs of Bitcoin at 60. You have uh, Ethereum up to 4,000. And you're starting to see a lot of um, these, these coins that are like... the out of the top 100 and or even if they were out of the top 100 and got into the top 100 but they don't have anything built yet they're built purely on hype because they're explaining how they're going to be built on these different ecosystems and then everything no matter what happens as soon as it launches everything is anywhere from a 2 to 10x like everything like everything that you put on the market is turning to gold that's when you're like mm, we're probably at the end of this it's probably start time taking profits and seeing cuz it's everything is overbought everything's oversold even just looking from a technical analysis standpoint there's this thing called RSI, Relative Strength Index. And around that time, if you looked at the RSI of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all these others, it was like 80 to 90, which that is high. That is extremely high. And you know from looking at technical, like this is probably a time to start scaling out of some things because the, the market was completely overbought. Um, and so that's what some, that's, those are some of the, between just market sentiment and then also technical analysis. There are things you can start looking at to be like, okay, now might be a time to start uh, taking some profit and getting ready to huddle again before uh, we see a major uh, pullback. But that's how I would look at the pump progression. And see, I think that the one thing that is missing from that, Richard, is that like we see these waves happen now, right? Like because markets are starting to get more mature, we are seeing what can almost be categorized as a microcycle. You may have heard this, you know, been brought up with a bunch of different people that are, you know, influencers in the space. But the microcycle theory states that we're going to see DeFi go on a little run, NFTs go on a little run, gaming go on a little run, and we're going to kind of see it evolve in that way. What we're getting at here is that either way, when you get to the end of an actual bull cycle, like we're currently approaching, an actual altcoin pump cycle is inescapable. It's going to happen. So right now is the time when you need to start getting really critical and ask yourself, where are we? Bitcoin, I'm telling you right now, as a matter of just generalized fact, it is going to run. It is going to sprint across the next month and a half. Okay? That is my personal opinion. Do your own research. I almost said your own darn research in a different way. But the point is, is like, you have to be doing your research and watching carefully. If you're passive in this market, you're gonna miss the boat. So as you're seeing Bitcoin run, understand, okay, am I already loaded up on my alts? Am I ready and waiting? Because the second that it reaches its pinnacle and it starts to pull back a little bit, that's when you're gonna see Ethereum jockeying with it and the other large caps, they're gonna pump. As we start working our way through to the end, Richard, you experienced this already in this cycle. And even I think a little bit in the last cycle, even the biggest of shit coins will pump. Yep. It's just a matter of how much. And our goal, again, is to educate you on what to look for. So in our case, at least, I'm sorry, I guess in my case, I always focus on the middle tier. I don't want to go into the old OG dead coins it will still get their pump at the very end of it because I want to be able to take profit on the middle of the pump cycle before everything falls off a cliff. 
are you kind of in that same mindset? Like, I mean, how are you going about it? Are you starting to get, I guess, further away from the old OGs? So the way I look at the old OGs has everything to do with, usually they, they came from the last bull cycle, um, the last ICO group where they were being built around um, the bear market. So anywhere from 2018 till now, um, up till let's call it mid 2020. And if they on their roadmap still have not been hitting their deadlines, if they still don't have a working product, if they still don't aren't starting to build uh, partnerships and marketing and stuff like that, yet all of a sudden they just pumped out of nowhere, like like absolutely like nothing drove this massive run up. Like if if you don't really have information that can like support why a particular crypto has started to run up and it's all purely like speculation, like. I mean, example, like, and I, I have to bring this up, like Shiba Inu, like it is the second largest traded on Coinbase right now. And like, I, I personally don't understand how or why other than it's hype. It's a hype coin. That is like an example for me where it's like, okay, I know we're getting potentially close to the end of this bull cycle because it does not make sense that this particular crypto is pumping other than hype, other than purely hype. And so that's one of the indicators I look at and I'm like, okay, doesn't mean that we're still not going to have a run-up. Doesn't mean that there's still not a lot of money, money to be made. But it's an indicator to me that we are getting close to the end. Yeah. And again, that was the indicator for the mid-cycle bump, right? The Dogecoin and what Shiba did the first time around, that was the indicator for, this, for it being the end in April. That is not to say that that's going to be the same thing going on right now. I think that right now we are on our way to euphoria and we're picking up where we left off in April. That's my personal theory, which brings us to a really interesting topic of how are we going to go about maximizing our profits? And again, there are a lot of different strategies here. I don't necessarily want to go through and read through this chart, but again, go look up Secrets of Crypto on Twitter. They have an incredible account where they can go through a lot of this information in a lot more detail, but there are different strategies. My question for you is, okay, how are you maximizing your profits, Richard? What is your strategy? Huddle. So take profits. I'm not ever going to advocate against taking profits, but I also am going to advocate to hold on for dear life, to huddle projects that make sense because you have to think about them as startups. And startups take time to build and to ultimately get to a point where they are at a greater place. So if you think about a startup and when they are getting everything flowing, usually they go out and they raise like $10 million or $50 million or even $100 million in a, you know, let's call it Series A, Series B, Series C. And then at that point, when they try to go public, they become a billion dollar company, right? Now in the world of crypto, we they put that on the head, right? They come out raising millions of dollars, have no working product, have no like actual users of the product because it hasn't even launched yet, but they're able to go and raise all this money. And by the way, can absolutely tank your crypto stock, if you will, or the price, if you will, just by people not having diamond hands or not believing what's going on. So if you look at a lot of the projects from the standpoint of an investor in a, in a startup, these things take time to build out. And if you got in at a good price and you're able to make some money and you're like, oh, this is only at a... $250 million market cap. This is at a 500 million. This is at a billion. If you're like, do I think in the next three to four years, this become a, you know, it could take a fraction of Ethereum's market cap. And if Ethereum's market cap presently right now is, let's call it two or $300 billion. And you said, oh, it could take 10% of that market cap. So now you're talking about 10 billion. So that's a 10X right there. Is that feasible? Can that actually happen? And so when you play all the numbers and you run them out and you, and you work with some of the projects, if you feel really convicted that 10 of the projects that you're in could potentially have that kind of upside. Why, like, why would you sell away that upside? Like, why wouldn't you keep a portion of that so it could still be actualized? If the goal, the, the biggest challenge always in any investments that you do in life is going to be liquidity, having access to liquid cash that you can then go and reinvest in other stuff. There's a way that you can still hold value, still be able to get liquid if you need to, but still let it appreciate over time. So, a uh, long-ended way to say, take profits, but hodl. And I, the only one thing I would echo there, 
And again, there are a lot of different strategies to actually maximizing your profits. But on this channel in particular, we do advocate more often than not in long-term investing as opposed to trading. Okay? There are plenty of people out there that make a lot of good money trading. Do not hear what I'm not saying. Right? Not all of us are traders. Okay? It's not reading the damn tea leaf. Like that's not how this business works. You have to have a very strong understanding of technical analysis to get ahead as a trader. You need to be able to be very plugged into the market. If you think you can trade this market on a passive basis, you are out of your damn mind. That's what I'm here to tell you. Do you want a crypto education? Say that again, man. I'm dead serious, man. Like if you want to get really onto things that grind my gears, it's people who think they get it and they're not plugged into it. You are out of your damn mind if you think you can trade this market this market on just speculation alone. You are going to lose your money. You're going to lose your friend's money. You're going to lose your parents' money. It's all gone. So to me, I have one message, and that is not just invest, but as you're getting towards the end of these markets, be knowledgeable, continue to educate yourself and figure out where you are in the cycle. That's why we're talking altcoin season. If you know where you're at, you know when it's going to end in theory. Once you get the theory, that's when you can start taking profits out of the ones that you do not want to necessarily hold on the long term, but you already knew because you understand how a pump works. The ones that you wanted to get into that were higher risk it should theoretically pay out in the next couple of weeks so that you have that dry powder on the sideline. That's what I look for. So to me, I think that's how we end up maximizing profits. But my question for you real quick, just to wrap it up, what is your prediction for the rest of this cycle? When are we going to see altcoin season hit? And is it really going to run up to expectation? So I think we're going to know in the next two weeks. So it's two weeks, a month, more. I'm going to call the next two weeks. I think by the end of October, the moment has either arrived where we're pumping. And if we have not, we could see the end happen sooner. AKA the first week, first two weeks of November, could we could see a sharp sell-off like quickly. But if by the end of October, we're pumping, I see we continue to pump into November and then might need to reevaluate come December, January. But I think October is absolutely... A crucial month. We've already seen a nice little pump so far in Bitcoin and Ethereum and you know some of these other top cryptos, but I think there's still a lot of gas in the tank. Because um, the other part you got to think about too, um, when you think about fiscal years and you think about taxes, people in their taxes, um, why a lot of people are going to try to make as much as they can in these next two months and why people are going to start watching in December because they have a crucial moment of how do they want to handle taxes? And it is a consideration. It's even a consideration for commercial people that are in the space as well. So again, I'm looking at the next two weeks. October needs to be hopefully the start of something big. And if it's not, I'm going to be very, very bearish come November, personally. Yeah, look, I think that there's a lot of truth out there that it can be had. But when it comes to predictions like this, it's all speculation. You have to remember that. It is all speculation. So again, I tell you at the beginning of every single show, we are your crypto speculators. We are commentators. That is what we do. So right now, I'm here to tell you that I follow Plan B's methodology. If you aren't familiar with Plan B, we've talked about him before. No, I'm not talking about birth control. I'm talking about an actual investor who is very, very skilled at, at understanding this market cycle based on the golden ratio and how Bitcoin's having cycles work. When I think about his model, he pretty much called to a T the last two months exactly how they were going to end, where Bitcoin would hit. When I think about that, I typically will align myself with the fact that by the end of October, we could see ourselves up around 100. When I'm really digging in deep, that to me says that altcoin season is going to end up happening within two or three weeks of Halloween. So I'm already at this current you know, juncture trying my best to make sure I'm positioned in the right altcoins. One of the ones that I long have had a really big battle with, like literally since the last cycle, is Litecoin. I'm sitting here right now because it's the ideal timeline trying to figure out, okay, is right now the time 
where I take a slight loss in Litecoin, but I reallocate that to a much better coin. And in this situation, I'm about to exit Litecoin. And I never thought I'd be able to say that. But again, as a long-term investor, you have to be able to turn on a dime and change your mindset. Do not be emotionally attached to any of these coins. You're an investor. You're here to make money first, period. So look, I think that does a really good job of wrapping up Crypto Decrypted for us this week. But Richard, before we jump into our next segment, I'd really appreciate if you could tell us a little bit about what is currently going on in the cryptocurrency world? Because I know we have a lot of really great content that's come out this week. And we also have another great interview coming up tomorrow. Well, actually, no, two days from now, on Thursday. Two days from now. Yep. So, so we just recently um, brought on Adam McBride, who is an NFT artifact specialist. This guy is finding NFTs that came out, the OGs that came out in 2017, 2016, the first to come out. And so it's like finding these artifacts in time and they are all doing crazy numbers. If you think about like crypto punks, if you think about you know some of the earlier projects that are, are there, he kind of just goes into this landscape of like, how do you find these opportunities? And then how do you get into them? Because they're going to appreciate over time. The same, same way like baseball cards, if you got some of the very first ones earlier, you got rookie cards, why do people want to get them? It's because they're, they get, you get them early and you get to see how it appreciates over time. So really cool conversation. If you're in NFTs, want to learn more about that, go check that out. And on the subject of NFTs, we actually have the co-founders of NFT Girlfriends that's coming out on Thursday. If you don't know about that, um, I'm actually going to let Steve talk about that a little bit more. But amazing conversation. But this is a project that you want to get involved with. Steve, if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. So the project is called Bull Market Girlfriends. And we had Chris Kay and her partner, uh, Martin, on the show. And that's going to be coming up again on Thursday. They have this incredible little art project that they've been running now for the better part of the last, I want to say, two months. But they have become a viral sensation within the NFT art space. And so much so that like they're going to actually be displayed in galleries here shortly. Um, you know, The community itself is fantastic. I recommend joining it on Discord for sure. But you're going to hear from Chris K herself and Martin on Thursday's show. So please do us a favor. Make sure you're subscribed to not only the podcast, but also right here on Cryptocurrency YouTube channel so that you can make sure that you're getting updated as soon as that episode drops. You want to be the first to hear about it because I guarantee you, over the course of the next couple of weeks, as money starts falling back in NFTs, that project is going to continue to soar. It's going to do some really remarkable stuff here shortly. Um, so keep your eye out. Really great episodes coming up. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. We need your support. Help us beat the YouTube algorithm. But also go check us out over on Twitter and Instagram. Now, what's next? Best part of the show, which you came and waited for, which you want to learn more about, our picks of the week. I am so freaking stoked. Let's do this. It's Blockchain Bets. Let's get it. Blockchain Bets. So every week on Blockchain Bets, we give you three quick picks from each of us as to what we think are going to outperform the market across the next week. We give you a blue chip pick, which is typically in the market cap of number 1 through 25. Mid caps, which are market cap 26 to 100. And our micro caps, 101 into oblivion. Um, Richard and I have invested in plenty of these products that have fallen into the abyss. And we are here to tell you that we have picked more winners than we've picked losers. So Richard, why don't you start us off? What is your blue chip of the week? What do you think is going to be outperforming the market? So there's a lot of options out there. Um, I think, um, and go ahead and reveal it to the to the to the people out here. Stellar, based on all the news that we gave today, and all of again that aha moment, that final piece that the sleeping giant needed to start going in the right direction. I think it just happened. I'm going with Stellar. I'm, I see great things happening, not just in the next week, but as we continue into the rest of this bull cycle. So I promise you, Richard, this is not me following a trend, but I too am actually picking one of the ones we spoke about earlier on in the show. I'm going with Algorand. Um, in my opinion, when you look at the way that the market currently is positioned, the next thing that's going to run as we enter into alt season after the Bitcoin pump is going to be L1s. So I want my, I want my bag packed up with a number of different L1s. And Algorand happens to be at the top of that list because in the last week, in the lead up to that news, 
there was actually a little bit more negative momentum than I would have you know, otherwise thought there would be. So I can see Algorand doing some really incredible stuff across the next week as more news comes out. But what is your mid cap this week? All right. So my makeup this week is going to be the graph. So I know that we talked about this previously, but um, it's kind of been uh, getting punched on a little bit and it's, I think, due for another turn up um, in the right direction. So the graph is basically trying to help be, let's call it the Google of blockchain. They're trying to help you be able to find a bunch of things very quickly and be able to control F, if you will, to be able to find various things that are going on. I think it has a lot of legs. I think there's still a lot of use case that's going into it. They're still building on it pretty regularly. So um, my call this week is the graph. Well, I know that our producer, Chris, is not going to be super stoked about that one. But what I can tell you is that he may like the next pick because it is, in fact, the spell token. I have to believe that while it has had its incredible pump through the last couple of weeks, this thing is not even close to done. This thing is geared up to be one of the biggest market movers of the cycle. I'm going to repeat that. Spell token is going to end up being the one crypto that is going to shock the world this cycle. Everybody last cycle, there were two or three picks that just absolutely wrecked. You know, you had Digibyte, you had, I think, Electronium also was another that ripped last cycle. Now, those two projects have had very, very different paths, right? They both are kind of in their own ways dead right now. Spell Token is not going to do that. Spell Token is one of these projects that comes along every now and again and ends up having real type of market momentum. So I personally am picking Spell Token and you can get that on a number of different exchanges. I would do some research into it right now. Richard, what is your micro cap? All right, so this week's micro cap, um, KSM Starter. So it recently just came out. And what KSM Starter is basically going to be a launch pad on the Kasuma um, ecosystem. So if you look at a lot of different ecosystems that are out there between... Uh, if you look at what's being built on Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, etc., a lot of these ecosystems already have like different projects that are being built to solve different challenges within each ecosystem. So with, with KSM starters basically solving a lot of the launchpad uh, challenges that Kasuma is having right now so that more projects can be built and come out on uh, Kasuma. So I'd check that out. It's already starting off pretty hot and I think it's going to have a ton of momentum as it goes through the rest of the year because I think Kasuma in its own ecosystem can continue to be um, lifted up. So that's the one I'm going to watch. I really like that pick. I mean, again, at the very um, beginning of this cycle, we started to see the launch pads take off and they did this big run. A really good friend of the channel, Coach K, gave us a good theory earlier on this year when he was talking about on his channel how the launch pads will remerge as a massive, massive play in the end of the bull cycle when the alt season runs. So to me, I think KSM Starter and Kusama Starter are great, great projects to be in. And you even heard us talk the other week about another Kusama project, Moon River. Make sure that you are in those plays when the um, actual native token, Kusama, starts to run. That's what we're talking about with alt season. So my last pick this week is Moon River. Surprise, surprise. I told you that we talked about him a few weeks ago, but Moon River is the basically plug-in for Kusama to be able to interoperate with Ethereum. Ethereum projects can not only port over to Kusama, via Moon River, they can also move assets from Moon via Moon River into the Kusama network. Extremely important utility going on there. And right now, as of this recording, it is officially entered my buy zone. So I am going to take that opportunity and I'm going to snap up Moon River in the next day or so. I thought about doing it before we even hopped online. I did not pull the trigger because gas was ridiculous. That is not a surprise. So... Recapping for you real quick, at the beginning of this, Richard took Stellar Lumens as his blue chip pick as I took Algorand. In the mid cap this week, we have the Graph, GRT, and Spell Token. Um, again, producer Chris, sorry. I know that you hate that. Graph is not your favorite. And last but not least for our microcaps this week, we've got KSM Starter and Moon River, both big time Kusama projects. But look, I think that is just about going to do it for us this week. But before we go, I've got one or two things left to share with you announcement-wise. 
But Richard, how do you want to tie up this episode? Is there anything specific you want to share before we wrap this one up? The main things are, if you're not following us on our social channels, you can find them up above. So our Twitter, our Instagram, and of course, you go check out our website. We're producing a ton of great content for you. If you like the content that we're doing and you actually make your own content and you want to be able to get in front of our audience, reach out to us. We're looking for some contributors. There's a lot of opportunity to join our ecosystem, educate the world, and keep helping people um, become cryptocurrency. So if you're really enjoying the content that we're putting out there, please reach out to us. We're happy to have a conversation. Absolutely. And again, there is one last thing we like to do here on the show before we wrap up. And that is, of course, hit this drop and tell you about what to watch for. What to watch for. Of course, here on CryptoCurrent, we've got great content for you every single week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, as well as written content up on our site, crypto-current.co. Go check that out. You already heard earlier on that we've got a great episode coming up on Thursday with bull market girlfriends, Chris K and Martin. Uh, but we also have some big events going on in the world of blockchain, including, pun intended, World Blockchain Summit, which is beginning tomorrow. And also one of what may end up going down in history as being the biggest NFT drop of this cycle. No, it is not Board 8 Part 2. No, it is not even Fidenza Part 2. We are talking about Brendan Murphy's Boonjee Project. Brendan Murphy is a really well-known artist and sculptor. Um, who is extremely popular in celebrity circles. If you go online, you'll probably see Serena Williams and John Stamos tweeting about it. But tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time, Brendan Murphy's Boonjee Project will officially go live. And I do not expect it to be available for long. Um, If you have any interest in going into this project, please go do your own research. Um, I believe their Discord server is one of the most active Discord servers out there. And you can get a lot of good information, but it's also moving very fast because a lot of people are in there talking about this project right as we speak. So check those things out. Do us a favor. Make sure you're connected with us. You can follow me at Steve Miller underscore PHX. You can follow Richard at Richard Carthon over on Twitter. But that, my friends, is going to do it for us here at CryptoCurrent. This has been another edition of CryptoCurrent Live. Join us next week for another Tuesday edition, but also on Friday this week at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will see you then. And until then, do us a favor. Stay cryptocurrent. Peace.